Hello ladies and gents, this is Michael Hendricks and James Carr. We are recording these episodes on 20 Radio. Welcome to the new show, this is Fall 2017, called Mike James Humpcast Edition, where every episode is our mission to get past the hump in the week. The show meets our weekly allowance of entertainment and sports, film, music, art, and other productions. On this show, we will have interviews with actors, musicians, athletes, and artists. James and I are the OGs of the school to keep the show original. We are two regular guys bringing down to the world with entertainment, sports broadcasting, commentating, socials, comedy, or some sort of new production we got stirred up for you. Could be Michael Hendricks with his wits, or James Carr with his poise behind the mic. Each episode will be different, so it does not matter if you start with the first or newest episode. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. It is your hump day here, your first hump day of November. How does that sound? Sounds all right. Well, we got... <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds cold is what it sounds like. It sounds exhausting. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, we have some people in the background who we're about to mention. For those who don't know him, his name is Christopher W. Reynolds. We might call him CW. I still don't know what that means. But um, he was in this hot seat as I am today, the radio station manager. I'm about to be out of it, though. And he has a production company called Ninja Hill Productions, something like that. And he's about to have a card game coming out in December. So let's bring him on right now. Hello. Welcome, CW. Hi, hi. Is, is this the part where I get to talk? This is the part. Am I in now? You are in. Am I in the cool club? Yes. You are in the cool club, I guess. Define oh, the cool the, club, though. Yeah, define the cool club. Having 30000 or more in college debt. Oh. Perfect. Sounds good. Right on the nose. Welcome to the cool yeah. club. Yeah. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm... I'm doing all right. Allergies are kicking my butt pretty hard, but I'm, I'm doing okay otherwise. You and Same James here. can be best friends. You have any cedar allergies? Uh, so technically, I don't have any allergies, really? but I have a, sh- I, I have a lot of irritants, which means there is no help for me, and I just get to suffer. <laughs> you know, suffering's okay. It, it makes you stronger. It makes you become a man. Makes you continue on with the day, your job, you know. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know this C.W. Reynolds. All right. Well, w- which direction of me do you want me to begin it? Well, let's you, not start you get with when you were born, but let's start with what your, did you do at school yeah. until now? Your time present. at Concordia. Your time at Concordia. Yes. Okay. So I started at Concordia around 2013, and I say around 2013 because it was the tail end of it towards 2014. Uh, I actually met my now wife uh, at the welcome party for that semester, 
because for some reason Concordia didn't want to allow anyone into the gym even 10 minutes before the start time for the welcome party. Ah. Are you saying but, uh, I need to go to a welcome party to find a wife? Is that what you're saying? I, I am potentially, if Concordia is willing to pay me for the advertising as an alumni, saying that you could potentially meet a future spouse, potentially, at the welcome party, so potentially upon potential. receipt of payment. I have a chance. All right. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not, not a close one, James <laughs> says. Right, so go on with your story. I, I actually... Signed up for Concordia and applied because I was looking to get the skills necessary to take the comedy troupe I had been, I'd founded and been a part of for at that point seven years uh, and take them to the next level because none of us had training in any of the stuff that I needed, that I got training in at Concordia. So, and you got this training I, that Professor Holy, right? Professor Holy's philosophy on it, Dr. Holy's philosophy is. If I throw you in the deep end and basically give you the chance to explore, you'll figure it out on your own. That actually worked really well for me. Okay. Uh, that's actually my preferred way to learn now is just to uh, run in head first, and if I hit a wall, just try and run through it. Yeah, I can I can definitely relate with you on that. We have we're in the sports broadcasting class, and you know I've zero sports casting experience or zero reporting experience, and you know he's just like, all right, three weeks in, here you go, <laughs> go ahead and go out and give a report, first time ever. But I definitely I I like it too. You, I mean, you don't know what to expect, but at the same time, you can kind of coach yourself, and you know, in the end, he coaches us a little bit after so. The fun part about it, too, is because the skills are so similar, regardless of the software you're using, if you can teach yourself how to learn the software, you can use any of them. It's just a question of where is this feature, where is this thing I need, how does it show where all of my clips line up. If you can, if you can figure out how to teach yourself that, you can literally then go on and work anywhere with any editing software they have and be fine. Yes, and you can also Google for tutorial videos. Google's have And that's the that is the other third of my job, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's continue on the direction we are going with this CW Reynolds. So I I show up at the welcome party and I had I'd met Holy at the orientation for transfer students and he said, Hey, why don't you do radio station stuff? We've got a radio station here. Meet this guy. He does an anime radio station show. You mentioned that you do performances at conventions. Well, you could connect. And that's actually how I got loosely associated with. I didn't have the time to be a full member, but loosely associated with the anime club on campus at the time and got involved with their radio show. That's exciting. This one that we're on right now, right? Radio, radio station, radio. yes. This show, no. That, I, I don't want to yeah, take credit for your station. show. Well, you're on the show right now, <laughs> so you can take 100% credit. It's a big, okay. big opportunity. We'll just be the here. background noise. I, I take I take 100% credit for the fact that I'm on your episode of this show, yes. All right, that means you get 100% <laughs> grade on it. Sweet. All right, so here at Concordia, um, you had 
did you come up with your production here, Ninja Hill Productions? So I founded Ninja Hell Productions seven years ago uh, in a fluke scheduling mishap. Somehow, I ended up doing a show in place of someone who had been doing the same kind of show for seven years. <laughs> no, for four years at that point. So I, when I graduated high school, I went to an anime convention called Akon, and they had an event there called Anime Hell, run by a group called Otaku Hell. Just to put it simply, anime hell is like a clip show genre. Otaku hell is the band that plays that genre, to simplify it. Uh, I went to it, I saw it, it was crazy and it blew my mind. So I actually started contacting them on their forums and interacting with Dano, who was the main clip guy that they had, who would find found footage, uh, transfer it to DVD, and then actually play it video DJ style uh, at these shows, and he got invited, him and his group, got invited to perform IkiCon, the first one of IkiCon uh, here in Austin, Texas, and while it was confirmed that he was game for it and, and, and they would have him, they never talked to him again, which meant that this man living in Dallas who was working part-time, did not know what day to take off and when to drive down. Nor did he know how long he was going to perform for. So he got stuck in a situation where he was like, I can't do this. I don't even know if we're scheduled. I just know that they wanted us there. And that's it. And I'd volunteered since it was in my area to help out because, oh, that'd be really cool because you're a really funny guy. Way funnier than me. But bookmark that, by the way. Okay, and bookmark check. I uh, I was going to Akikon anyway, so I was like, all right, well, if it is on the schedule, what's the plan? He was like, well, you could do it. So that's how I ended up with a laptop, uh, five clips I had found, and like a, a day's worth of prep to be shaking while holding the microphone, playing to a group of about 15. But oh, wow. it... It was fun. It was, uh, to, to not suggest drugs, it was a high I've never known. And I decided I was doing it the next year. I was going to do it for the normal length, and I was going to take my substitute filler name and just embrace it and get uh, a co-host because I didn't feel funny enough on my own. So from that point on, that was literally, that's our anniversary is December 3rd. And we've been growing ever since. We started doing videos uh, sometime around our fourth anniversary. We uploaded some footage from our fourth anniversary show. And around the time I started at Concordia, we had been uploading a podcast, but we started uploading commentaries as well and created uh, our take on the whole, oh, so-and-so tries blank but decided to take it in a weirder direction by having it just be horrible things and weird junk happens. and Weird junk? Yeah, weird junk happens. We literally had one time where uh, the, the co-host I mentioned, uh, Kendall Stovall, uh, he's the one who does Super Tries, and he has to try stuff in the Stuff to Try box. 
one of the episodes, the Stuff to Try box, literally had nothing in it except for the word nothing. And we got to film a montage of him skipping, happy, jumping uh, to eventually hump the box. So weird stuff has happened. Uh, it's been 10 years. We've had 50-plus episodes of Super Tries and over 100 commentaries. So I, I think we've done pretty good for YouTube uploads for uh, on and off for 10 years. So for those... We still perform... No, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, describe like an episode of one of y'all's, for those who don't know about anime or whatnot, or what y'all do. So, at Anime Conventions and Live, we'll do uh, commentaries. We'll make fun of footage we found. So, say old bicycle PSAs, because that's one I recently had to upload to a different site, or um, Christian, in quotes, educational cartoons featuring stories from the Bible acted out with little animals who were alive in the time of Jesus and heard the stories of the Bible. Um, and they're the kingdom chums. We've, we've made fun of that. We've made fun of uh, an entire tape of just different chosen diatribes by the 700 Club about how America is falling to Satan and neo-paganism is the devil. We've, we've made fun of that. Uh, anything that we mark as Baka Doga or idiot video in Japanese, just really badly translated, uh, it's stuff that we make fun of. The other thing we'll do is a series called Super Tries, where we'll have one of our co-hosts uh, try random things. And we will find a combination of things we think will be okay to butter him up a little bit to see what he actually thinks. Like, oh, maybe it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or maybe it's, uh, I don't know, uh, Pop-Tarts. And then we include stuff that we think that he won't like, like Pop-Tarts that we know are going to taste awful. Or being boozled. Or Astro Glide. Or, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Rip It Energy is, is one that keeps on, is a long-running gag, which is, an energy drink that is really popular with people who, who served in Iraq because apparently the drink company that makes it just, like, donated a ton of cans. But it tastes like death. And is, it, it's something that he hates. I, I will never test the stuff because it looks awful, but that makes me a hypocrite. <laughs> um, knowing that you've served, Michael, have you tried Ripid Energy? I have not. Your life is better for it. Yeah. By the side of it, your life is genuinely that. better for it. I'm glad my life is better for that. <laughs> why, why is that? But because rip it energy is butts. It's what? I'm trying to watch my language. Yeah, there there is language I would use to describe it. I can't do it on the radio. <laughs> you heard it here. It's Finding Nemo Butt. Okay. We can call it that. So... How do you get an audience to listen to the show? I know you go to these conventions and whatnot, and like, what kind of audience do you have there? And because honestly, like, I'm not necessarily a like, I never really got into M anime or these shows that commentate. So how do you pr produce for the, your audience? And like, what do you do? Like marketing. PLM? So, 
So marketing is something that we struggle with because while I focused on production, I'm not very good at social media. Um, something that I'm looking into uh, is what it's going to take to promote our stuff outside of conventions. In conventions, it's really easy. We've been around for a long time. People recognize our name, and that's enough to get them to at least check it out or look into it. Uh, as well, we also have a lot of word of mouth that really helps. But outside of the anime convention scene, that can get kind of tricky. Uh, we've been looking into, in the next couple of years, uh, doing some live performances in Austin. We stopped doing performances with Ikikon a few years ago um, just because we found that the time of year that they were doing their convention wasn't one that we really could easily perform at. And uh, we found that the direction we were going, the direction that Keycon was going, were a little different. And that happens. That happens. Uh, we ended up focusing more on Akon, uh, which has a larger audience uh, by, like, a lot. So where does this audience come from? Like, what culture, um, what part of the states so outside the country? they... I want you to imagine just Texas on a map of America, okay? Now I want you to imagine that you, like, you, you throw something at it and it makes ripples. The ripples would probably go as far as, like, Colorado for driving, for flying New York, and for really hardcore industry guests, probably all the way to Japan. It's North America's longest-running anime pop culture convention. Uh, in terms of our target audience demographic, we go for 18 to 34 uh, anime co-culture members. We have a lot of anime and video game references, but we also try to make references that are obscure enough that you can look it up, but are blanket statement funny enough you can kind of get that that's supposed to be a joke and it inspires you to look into it We also try to make sure that anything that we make fun of, our approach is not to criticize whoever made it, unless that person is a garbage person, which happens on occasion. Uh, but we focus on making fun of what is presented. Even if we're making fun of like uh, a 12-year-old fan-made anime, our focus isn't this 12-year-old is a garbage person. Our focus is we're glad that we have this, but this is awful and it's garbage and you should feel awkward that you made it, but we appreciate that you made it because it's an act of communication. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you put that into work? Like how do you appreciate something but also let her know that she's garbage? Uh, the easiest way to do that is to make sure that the jokes are specifically this thing we are watching is garbage. It's a lot easier than you would expect, but when it comes to criticism, a lot of people want to just focus on uh, the communicator. Yeah. James, which I, like, I feel is a missed opportunity. It's like giving that unless, feedback. Or that PG-13 yeah, unless, version. <laughs> Unless it's someone like the 700 Club, in which case we are making fun of not just the content, but we are also making fun of the 700 Club itself because we feel its mission is flawed. So there's a little bit of a difference there. It, the goal is to inspire our viewer to think differently. We want our viewers to think critically about the world, not just a blanket statement 
refuse anything that they're told, and not blanket statement, accept it. We want them to take it and go, does it make sense? Is this dumb? Does it have value? And if we can encourage that by saying stupid jokes like the word balls or making fun of really bad fanime, it works. Yeah, that is kind of a stupid joke. But like I was saying, this is like your rated R feedback, you know, PG-13 feedback. So you have a card game coming out soon. What? Um, how do you make this card game, and what, if you can detailize what is coming from the game out in December 15th, right? Yes. So... To explain the card game coming out, I should probably explain the, a little bit about the game that came before, which actually was on. Uh, it was reviewed by one of your shows. I think it was The Boardroom? Yes, The Boardroom. Yeah. That was so, last semester. The first game I released was called Arag, a game of political mudslinging. I made it because I was really upset at the third debate yes third debate between Obama and Romney back in 2012 before I started at Concordia I made it for a game design contest that was hey let's make a game that you can play during the holidays with your drunk relatives or seven year olds because drunk adults have the intellectual capacity of seven year olds which is a funny joke but the point is true. If you're making a game that's going to be for drunk people, you have to explain the rules simply. So, I made a rug. I did not win the contest. But I didn't win the contest because it was still a really rough version of the game. I got just as mad during the second debate between uh, Clinton and Trump. I got so mad, I stayed up for two days, I learned InDesign, and I took the original game I made, and I had been revising the rules of, and I made a version to print. So it is available on DriveThruRPG. You can order it print-on-demand as physical cards, or you can uh, purchase a PDF that you can print and cut and uh, actually make with card sleeves into a card deck. The goal of the game is you and your friends are each candidates in the final debate for the presidency of the United States. Every round, one of you is going to be the moderator and is going to ask a question based on the debate topic deck card that you draw from the top of the deck. And then everyone else, instead of answering that question, will make up a lie about another player in the game using or incorporating one of the cards in their hand to make the lie, and then after they tell the lie, play the card. So it's like Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, only instead of blindly going, <laughs> Adolf Hitler, or AIDS, <laughs> you have to actually make up a lie and a story on the spot, and then the person who has the best lie gets chosen as uh, the winner of that round, and that winner gets to either gain a supporter, a point, or they can make their victim lose one. And then you discard your hand, draw a new hand, one less for every additional supporter you get, 
and if you get to the point that you have five supporters and draw no cards, or times up and you have the most supporters, you're president. It's a a simple little game. Simple little game. So a five-year-old can play it, right? Actually, yes. The game is designed that you could play it with children. If the adults are willing to be adults. That's not my job. (laughs) People's behavior is up to them, but yes, it could be played with children. So what kind of feedback have you gotten for this game? What kind of what? Feedback from, like, others... Who have played it. So, from others who have played it, they actually really like the concept. Because it is so much about storytelling and being on the fly, especially with the fact that one of the rules is you cannot have these mudslings be about the actual person. So, if someone is adopted, you can't make jokes about them being adopted. You have to come up with something absolutely false. A lot of people really enjoy the rules. The problem is... If they don't play it right, and they decide to play it like it's apples to apples, they find they hate the game. Because it's not how it's intended to be played. Gotcha. So, um... I've also, I've also gotten feedback from people who haven't played the game, who think it's awful I made a game about politics. Here's something and funny. I, I don't... James just swallowed some ketchup out of a ketchup packet in the, in the radio lab, so... Hey, I just thought to mention that. Ten bucks was on that. You think I'm not going to do that? Ten dollars? He's buying everyone Whataburger, folks. God. There was a ten dollar ketchup packet? How the hell does that work? No, he swallowed ketchup out of a ketchup packet for ten dollars. Okay. Oh, that no. makes more sense. I would do it, too. I'm I don't on know how side. old this was. He doesn't know how been old. been in the radio lab for about years. Two weeks. This is this is the sound of money. Alright, so he only made three dollars off that one. Or four dollars. Alright, continue on. I can, I can so eat the now. Game. The, the reason I explained Arag is to go, hey, the new game coming out called Panty Raid is the spiritual prequel. Get that in December, folks. Like Yeah, like Arag, it's about uh, backstabbing your friends. Unlike Arag, it's about stabbing them behind the back, behind their back. Uh, it's a social manipulation game where you and your friends are pledges for a fraternity. In order to get the last bunk at the fraternity, you have to have the most panties at the end of the panty raid. But you're <laughs> panty raiding a witch's sorority. They've woken up, and now you're having to escape from a labyrinth of weird rooms that they're summoning, such as a convenience store, a bowling alley, a knockoff Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Oh, I like that one. Or the Arag presidential debate stage, where if you actually own the game, Arag, a game of political mudslinging, your attempt at the room is easier. See, I'll be interested more in the second game, to be honest, because I'm not much of a politician over here. Yeah. And I think the second one would be definitely a college humor one for everyone. So. Oh, yeah. You should yeah. bring it to yeah, between, <laughs> between the two games, the one I am more excited about seeing people's reaction to is Panty Red. With Arag, I was still learning game design, so one of the things recommended for the contest on Something Awful, which is where I participated, is it, it was take a game that you like that is simple in a party game. Take its core mechanic. 
mess with it a bit, and you can make something new. If you're not experienced with game design, this can be a great way for you to get your foot in the door, especially because if it's simpler, drunk people can play it easier. Candy Raid, though, was made for a design contest where the challenge was make a game about backstabbing your friends. James, would you play this game? Candy Raid? I think I would, Michael. PG rated, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I would, yeah. That, I mean, it would definitely appeal that, to me. I mean, of course, I'm over the age of 21. A few drinks, I mean, pretty much any game would be fun, but that does sound pretty interesting. It does. It, Here's the interesting thing about Panty Red. When I submitted it to the contest as my idea, I got told by the head judge, there's no way that this is not going to be creepy. And at the end, when he got my final submission, he actually said, and I quote, this was not creepy at all, and I don't know how you pulled that off. <laughs> well, you hear that first, folks, from C.W. Reynolds. It's not creepy yeah. at all. He pulled it off. So it's I expect a good Christmas present this year, C.W. Well, I'll tell you what. I will, I will send you guys some uh, print-and-play copies, if you like. Hey, hey free some... stuff. James was all on board, and you should have saw his facial expression right there. Yeah. He jumped out of only the thing, Only thing you'll need to get to make it work is you'll need a pack of about 80 card sleeves. And go to the dollar store for some playing cards. With dollar that, store, yeah. you can cut them out, put them in the sleeves, and you're good to go. Sounds great. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for joining our show. It was a pleasure. And um, when can, where can people follow you on tw um, Twitter, Facebook? Well, game? best place to follow us is on YouTube. YouTube.com. Just search Ninja Hell Productions, with Ninja Hell being all one word and popping an exclamation point at the end. You should see one of the channels being a face with ninja eyes that says ninja above them and hell on the bottom. The other place you can check us out is ninjahell.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @ninjahell, or you can find us on Facebook by searching us and adding productions at the end. Well, I'm looking forward to hear about your game and playing it, too. Well, we're having a release party for the week of the 15th, so you'll have to come out. Definitely. Right. We shall join you on that one. And for next Wednesday, we'll have another episode here with Mike James Humcast Edition. So feel free to listen on CW and everyone else who has listened. And I hope you all have a great hump day. And thank you again, CW. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it, man. Peace out, guys. Hello ladies and, ladies and gents, this is Michael Hendricks and James Carr. James Carr. We are recording these episodes on Tornado Radio. Welcome to the new show, this is Fall 2017, called Mike James Humpcast Edition, where every episode, it is our mission to get past the hump in the week. 
The show meets our weekly allowance of entertainment and sports, film, music, art, and other productions. On this show, we will have interviews with actors, musicians, athletes, and artists. James and I are the OGs of the school to keep the show original. We are two regular guys bringing down to the world with entertainment, sports broadcasting, commentating, socials, comedy, or some sort of new production we got stirred up for you. Could be Michael Hendricks with his wits, or James Carr with his poise behind the mic. Each episode will be different, so it does not matter if you start with the first or newest episode.